Hello, and welcome to the Weird Waves podcast. My name is Taylor, and this is episode 33. On this week's episode, we are talking to professional bodyboarder Valentina Diaz-Langdon. She is originally from Chile. She's currently in Hawaii for a couple of months surfing, well, bodyboarding pipe. And this is an awesome episode. We talk all about bodyboarding. I really wasn't that familiar with the sport. If you are in the Midwestern area, you know there's one local guy, the Flying Hawaiian, but that was just about all of the information I had. So this is a great deep dive into the sport of bodyboarding and also her journey to becoming a professional athlete. She was originally from the mountains, was a professional skier, and then found herself loving bodyboarding. This is a great episode. We learn a little bit about Chile, a little bit more about the professional side of bodyboarding, and it's just all around a really good episode. So I really hope that you guys enjoy. Yeah, I guess let's start by having you introduce yourself. Well, I'm Valentina Diaz. I'm a professional bodyboarder from Chile. And yeah, I'm 29, I just turned 29 years old and I'm 100% dedicated to the sport right now. That's awesome. And so you were born and raised in Chile? Born and raised in Chile, yes. And is that how you got into the sport? So I was actually a professional coach at ski. Oh. So, because all my family, like in Chile, we have a lot of mountains. We have the Andes Mountains, and then we have a lot of ocean, the Pacific Ocean. So, I, I kind of started, I was like a kind of professional skier, a coach. And then we had to move to the ocean because my dad, his company broke. So, we had to move to, to the ocean. I was kind of far away from the mountains, and but I needed to do another sport. I was like desperate, you know, like I need to like because I'm so used to adrenaline and do sports and whatever. And I started watching some guys skateboarding. One of them, my brothers, and I was like, wow, this is this is really cool. Like the ocean is for free, and I can just go and you, you know get a really like adrenaline nice sport as bodyboarding. I I watch it every day and it was like pretty cool. And I see all these guys like coming in with a big smile on the face and I was like yeah I want to try it so I was I'm kind of super curious person so I was like okay I, w- I want to try this my older brother and he could take me like surf and he said no because Chile is a really super macho culture mm-hmm. so it was kind of hard so I had to go by myself and I started bodyboarding and it just blew my so that's how I started that's so interesting how old were you when you guys moved when I was like mm, young, maybe 10, but until 17, I didn't discover bodyboarding. Mm, so okay. I started like at 17. And how how was the transition from the mountains to uh, the sea in terms of like sport-wise, skiing versus bodyboarding? Well, it was not too bad because in both sports, at least in Chile, the water is cold, so... In the mountain, you are kind of used to the cold weather, and in the ocean, it's like kind of same. And also, it's like for me, it was like pretty magical because it's like I'm, you know, I'm kind of surfing in the mountains, you know, the like like the 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 water as as a as snow, mm-hmm. and then I'm surfing, you know, the same kind of the same water that goes down from the mountains to the rivers and ended up in the ocean. So it was like kind of a like kind of magical transition, but I get super used to like this another 
ocean because it's like it's kind of wild also like the mountain it's just different but it's kind of for me it was like okay so this is snow but it's in a different liquid form so it was kind of kind of fun but similar it was not too hard for me to transition because of that and was it an instant connection you felt with bodyboarding were you good at it instantly or not really how was that no no i was really bad i i really <laughs> saw that i was like the only girl in this like little town and all the boys make so much fun so much laugh about me because i was i was just you know like getting pounded in the shore and i didn't know no one like kind of uh teach me so i i just like learn every everything by myself and watching the boys and i'm a girl so i'm not i'm not like i don't have the same strength than a boy so it was kind of hard for me but i just got, got super like uh passionate about it and because because everyone was laughing about me i wanted to get better and more you know so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's <laughs> awesome and when did you start traveling for bodyboarding so when i started bodyboarding i i got super curious about the sport about like waves so i started like watching all these videos that i was available to watch in chile and all these magazines that some you know like some guy from out of chile bring to chile so we just had that we didn't have like internet too much like internet information that time so i just started to read like magazines and watch videos and i was like wow like this is like there's so many waves in the world and also i can go like bodyboarding in like warm water with other wetsuits so i was like like wow like blowing my mind was like discovering like full confidence like so much possibilities out there and i i just like I was stoked to just traveling and go to different waves. That's one of the things, the most I like of bodyboarding that gives you that, you know, like that push and that, that freedom to go out of your comfort zone and have, you have search in other places if you want to get better. Where was the pr first place that you went? Uh, it was Panama. I went to straight to Central America. I like, I made a budget and I just went to like the most like better place I could in that time and with the quality of ways that was like for my level you know at that time so first time I went to Panama and I spent like maybe two months in Panama traveling and just you know searching for waves and so that made me open the door to the world also that's awesome yeah I wonder I figured that you traveled because your location on Skype says Australia your you said it's Hawaii time, your bio says you're from Chile, and I'm like, okay, this girl, she gets around. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of love that thing about bodyboarding and surfing, that you, you have to travel, you have to chase the waves and the weather and the storm. It's the most fun about it, I think. Um, yeah, so right now I, I'm in Hawaii. Yeah, I'm just traveling all year. That's awesome. How long will you be in Hawaii? I have been for one month, and I'm going to stay one month more. That's awesome. And how did you go from just trying to focus on bodyboarding as a sport to making it more professional? How does that work? That is still, I'm still working for that and has been really, really difficult because the sport as a professional sport in Chile, it didn't exist. Like it didn't exist like professional bodyboarding, like in Chile when I started. So I kind of 
had to build up something that didn't exist already. So I just got obsessed with the idea that I wanted to, you know, uh, be available to serve more time because I was like working as a ski instructor and then traveling with the money, traveling to surf and all that. But I, I wanted to make it a job, you know, so I can uh, surf more and grow my level and be better, you know. So I kind of had to like invest in myself like for one year and I get in the, I start competing. So if I start competing and I have results, maybe the sponsors are going to come to me because I'm from South America, I'm from Chile, so it's like it's not too developed. And especially if it's not an Olympic sport, so it was really, really hard. But little by little, little by little, going out of Chile, exposing myself uh, everywhere around the world and making myself a name and then going back to Chile and start little by little, I start to get sponsors. So it has been a really... Uh, long work, but it works. So I'm super happy now. What I, I made for Chile now is a professional job. The government supports us, and it's really cool. Wow, that's that's so incredible. What what is the biggest difference between surfing and bodyboarding? Maybe in terms of I, I'm not even sure. I honestly, the, there's only one local guy by where we surf that bodyboards. He is amazing. And um, he, we call him the flying Hawaiian. <laughs> He's from Hawaii. <laughs> cool. uh, but I don't really know that much about it. So could you maybe talk us through the differences between the two? Okay. So as bodyboarding, it uh, born from surfing. So bodyboarding, like bodyboarding as we know it now, uh, it began in the 71 with a shaper called Tomori is a shaper that he's from Hawaii and he he was like super eccentric shaper of surfing boards so he he one day he discovered like he wanted to surf more hallways more like more uh, hollow and shallow waves in the shores of the different beaches like that you cannot surf with a surfboard you know it's not available because the the physics of the board couldn't do it. So this guy Tom Murray he invented the first bodyboarding first bodyboard in seventy one, right? In Hawaii. So then it, it started all this. So bodyboarding is kind of the same but with a small board and the difference is that we bodyboarders we like to serve hollow, shallow barreling waves like a kind of different type of way that surfers uh surf kind of so we really like to do air maneuvers and it's like it's more like an uh a lot of air maneuvers mm-hmm. so it's it's a lot it's like we use more much more our body and like in this kind of thing Right, because only half of your body is on the board, right? Your legs are in yes. in the water, and you wear fins. Yes, the fins of us is like is like equal to the fin of a surfboard in the surf. We use our fins in the water in our body to make the same kind of physical result. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> I I can see that visual. So so you're. You're basically using the front of the bodyboard and then your body yeah, yeah. with the fins to create a surfboard. 
we use all the body, so yeah. And are you paddling into waves or kicking into waves because you have the fins? You can do both. You can do both, or you can, depends on the wave, but you can paddle with your arms or you can paddle with your fins, or you can do both. Depends on the quality of the wave and the, how hard it is. And so since this is a professional sport, I'm assuming that there's a huge difference in boards, just like there is surfboards, right? There's probably like, can you get like a custom board and custom fins? How do you figure out what you like and you don't like? Oh, it's, it's, it's a whole world, like it's a whole universe of boards. Well, one inch more and one inch like less, it can like help you or can like be so different like in your surfing. So every detail, the bottoms, the tails, the nose of the board, the different materials for, for different uh, temperatures of water, different boards for different types of waves because you have like... You have beach breaks, you have shore breaks, you have wedges, you have reef breaks, you have point breaks. So every, depends on the wave you are surfing and the band, you, what you want to do is going to be the board you go, you want to use for that. And also the things like, it's like so many different things and it depends what you like. If you advance more, but to have like more like a soft uh, fins or you want it, it's it's kind of depending, but it's a, it's a whole world. You have super different shapes, and uh, you can do custom boards. I'm actually I'm I'm making one in in Japan right now for just for the competition. That's kind of a, it's a lot of difference, and it depends on your level also. And does the pro circuit follow the WSL, or is there a different league completely? Uh, the different completely is like uh, the world tour of bodyboarding and in the world tour of surfing is totally different. But they do some some uh, some events. They do them in the same ways. Like there's one event here in, in I mean in South America in Chile that they do the WSL competition and then we have like a world tour competition of bodyboarding. So in same wave. Yeah, I'm I'm just asking a lot of questions because I just have, I really don't know. And it's very, very interesting. It's just, it's so funny that with surfing and with this podcast, especially, I've discovered so many different ways to ride a wave, like, and all different types oh, of yeah. waves. And yes. um, whether it's bodyboarding or, you know, like the hand plane surfing, and just so many different ways to experience a wave. It's just totally fascinating for me. So it is. It's true. You can have a million types of wave, a million. So that's a that's a magic thing about this sport: surfing or bodyboarding or just surfing in whatever thing or body surfing is like. You have to read the ocean. A wave is gonna, you know, like hit the shore and it's gonna make a shape. And it's going to be, that wave is going to be unique. It's not going to be the same wave of another one, you know, like always it's going to be different. So that's the most difficult part, I think, is like reading the wave and understanding the ocean is the most difficult thing that gives you a lot of experience and study. It's really interesting. Totally. And this is going to sound like a funny question, but one of the first okay. things I think of is because your half of your body is in the water. Do you find it hard? Do you ever lose your bathing suit bottoms? Oh, that's a super interesting question. Actually, I have a, uh, I have some details for that. So I learned 
uh, through experience that I cannot use a normal bikini. I have to use uh, like a full full suit on a full bikini because you can lose it very easily. Like uh, for bodyboarding, for sure. Like for for surfing girls, I I saw them like using bikinis all the time. But bodyboarding is like kind of more aggressive sport, so it's more hard for the body, and you like you know like uh, it's not that de- delicate. So. Yeah, uh, one time I lose the bottom of my body in a place in Australia. I was like full of photographers out of the water. And I was like, no, I'm not going inland until I find my bikini. Because <laughs> if you imagine, like, I'm like, crude. So I wait in this and finally I find the bottom of my bikini. So never, that's an advice. Just use full, full, full bikini. You know, like, <laughs> you don't want to lose your bikini in the middle of the ocean with a lot of people watching. <laughs> <laughs> It has to be one of the big struggles. I feel like every female uh, water woman has some kind of story of either losing a top or losing a bottom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's uh, it's very yeah, funny. So, they, so. they do make really nice ones that have, like, ties so they can be secure. But I would imagine that with uh, that half of your body being in the water, you shouldn't maybe take any chances with that. Yeah, yeah, and then the sand goes everywhere. It's like kind of you have to be super comfortable so you can focus to surfing and not focus like you're gonna lose a bikini. So, hundred percent, that makes uh, makes perfect sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but happens to every year. I guess like one time happened. <laughs> and for sure, your sponsors that you have now did they contact you or did you contact them or how does that happen? So at the first, at my first year, at my first year doing the world tour, uh, I kind of, I was looking for sponsors. So I was like chasing a lot of private companies and government. But when I started to have like, uh, you know, like results in competitions, they just came to me. So now has been, I did like the hard work in the beginning and now it's like they, they come to me and yeah, it's, it's really cool to see it. Now is more they want to sponsor like different sports and you know like all this movement about the female sports and the industry and how everything is changing. They they are more interested about the woman, so if they come more now to try get in companies or like be the image of to be sponsored. So it's kind of getting better with the time for the years. That's awesome. And how do you personally choose now that you have? more sponsors available do you pick whoever do you try to have a certain product in line or how does that work for you i really like all the companies that are like kind of uh putting some energy and invest, um, being ecologically friendly with the with nature with the ocean and that they can that they also want to kind of teach people in some way to be better with the environment and with, you know, sports. And they can, like, a company that represents different kind of values that I'm in the same page. So I like to pick the ones who are, like, uh, for for example, in Chile, I, I like to support, like, um, national companies that are from there. And also I... I was almost kind of changed my nationality uh, 
and came to the States to like yeah. kind of uh, compete from the States. But I was like, I couldn't because like uh, in my country, they want to sponsor me as well. So of course, I'm going to go for my country. But I try to be, I'm kind of picky with some companies. I don't, I really want to them to have the same vision as me and, and kind of same values and basic. So yeah, I'm kind of picky with that. But yeah, whatever industry is, you know, like has the same uh, boundaries than me. That makes, makes great sense. When you are going out into the water and you're not in Chile, do you find the same kind of machismo attitude or do you feel like it has changed? Um, I can see there are really big differences in different countries. Like Europe for sure is like it's more, they have more developed on this, this um, kind of equality with the um, but this is a men's sport. So everywhere in the world that you go, it's going to be, you know, the macho macho vibe and macho thing always. And it's going to be hard. But, but yeah, it's, it's because it's a, you know, it's a, it's a men's world, body body. Like, women's, we are, we are kind of small in the sport, but we're super strong. And, and we, we're like all the time, like, showing how we push the limits to be, you know, like, to show the world we can be do like say that boys and also we are girls so it's like a really nice uh um kind of market it's really interesting and it's really good for showing the girl going high in the level and doing like really amazing things in really amazing places and waves and yeah are you, when you're competing, are you competing against men? Is it men and women competing together? Is it women's division and a men's division? So in the world tour, it's a women's division, professional women's division, and separate is men's division. But sometimes, uh, not in all the contests, like out of the world tour, they have some contests. They, they kind of invite some girls, but some of the contests, they just going to let you go with the boys. Like, for example, like I, I got invited to a contest in Mexico this summer. That is the first bodyboarding big wave contest, and I'm the only girl in the list of 24 boys. I'm the only girl, so that's really cool. It's an honor for me. But I, I think if it's just one or two girls, I think they should have a category because we can compete with the men and we can do well, but we want our. our own category you know because we are different you know so that's mm -hmm. kind of the situation right now uh, there's there's still like they're still developing that in out of the professional tour uh what is your preferred wave what's your favorite like perfect day uh a perfect day will be like waking up in a place that is not cold and go like before the sunrise to the water, watch the sunrise from the water, having nice wave with with a couple friends. That's it. Like a place that is not too much people, and could be a beach break or a surf break, but maybe in a small town somewhere. And and yeah, just nice waves with your with a couple friends. A place that is not too crowded. It could be could be an island in the Polynesia or. There's a couple places, but yeah, that will be like 
kind of free surfing UX is really nice to have with San Francisco more much fun than competition. So that will be a nice, <laughs> nice day. When you are surfing, or sorry, when you're bodyboarding with surfers, do you find that there is some kind of competition for waves or do they kind of like let you do you do your own thing uh well depends where like in places where is like for example here in hawaii there's a lot of culture about surfing about bodyboarding about every water sport so there's a lot of respect for one and like for for each other um there's a lot of professional surfers and bodyboarders here so they are they have really much respect for each other because because bodyboarders teach surfers how to surf in these waves that they think they couldn't surf because we show them with example. And we also admire surfers because they have, you know, like, it's a respect and learn from each other a lot. But that's like in a super high level, like in a super professional level. We have a lot of respect, but there's like another situation that is like, where people is not well educated about bodyboarding and surf and where the sport came from and all this history about the sport. In some places, it's like this, like a separation or or like a confrontation or like competition between both, you know, where it's places that is, they don't have the culture or they don't know the history about it. So in some places, it's like they kind of surfer with bodyboarders, they kind of, Kind of fight like Candos is where it was like skiers with snowboarders. Kind of the same. In some places like that. But in the professional high level it's you don't see that much. That's good. That's good to hear. I had talked um with some kiteboarders too, and they were saying kind of like a similar similar situation because the sport of kiting is so new. And uh, yeah. with with surfers, it's it's an older sport, so there's like some slight animosity between. Um, yeah. But once everybody kind of gets used to the different types of people in the water doing different things, it kind of seems to chill out a little bit, you know. Yeah. What is the biggest and also the smallest wave that you have bodyboarded on? Okay, so I think the biggest wave I have got a day recorded and I have pictures of it, it was 2000, July 23, Escondido, Mexico. That was the biggest one. I think it was like 20 foot wave and I catch it without a moto, without kind of security. So it was like super pure kind of crazy thing I did. Yeah, Puerto Escondido is like a, like, it's like a, it's a spot for big wave, big wave surfing. So I go every year train there for that, for big wave. And the smallest, I think in Japan, when I went to Japan to surf, uh, I catch really small waves. That's fun. <laughs> and uh, you got pretty famous from surfing pipe. Is that correct? Is that when you got the a lot of press and attention? Or was there another moment that kind of you felt was a turning point for your career? Uh, so I think both. I think, uh, well, I did take the individual gold medal in the Pan Americans in Peru 2015. Then I got, I, I get super famous in, in my country and kind of international. But coming to Hawaii every year is part of my career, definitely, because here is the Mecca 
and here in Hawaii, surfing fights, like you make your career go up because it's like all the owners of the uh, brands are here, all the best photographers of the magazines are here, or all the prof- all another professional surfers and bodyboarders are here. So if you catch a good wave at Pipeline, and everyone's gonna be watching you, so you that's that's why I came to Hawaii every year is because I have building my name internationally, and this is the best place to come and do that so that's why do you manage yourself or do you have a team that supports you in scheduling and managing your career oh i have been having a manager for the last four years and has been really really helpful because i have to travel all the time so he managed me and also i started working this year with the whole Olympic team and trainers from Chile. So that's going to help me a lot also. It's, it's really good to have a team. Like I always, I travel alone for the contest and everything, but I have like a super good team in my body can support me when I'm traveling. That's fantastic. What do you do to train outside of actually bodyboarding? Do you have special workouts that you do, nutrition that you follow? How does that work? Okay, so the main thing is like I have to have my physique all the time in 100%. I have to be like, I have to have really good cardio and really good, like, uh, um, what's another name? I have to, I have to be like 100% in my body working like a machine. So I, uh, I kind of, I have that already built with all the years. Uh, I have really good, like, physics condition and, I do a lot of apnea in the water and also I train like super like a specific out of the water techniques and also I'm doing like a mental training for competition. Out of that I spend a lot of hours in the water and out of that I I if I'm not bodyboarding and I have like a some time for resting I'm just doing like another kind of sport like I like, I really like Jiu-Jitsu, like personal mm-hmm. defense, and I just like hiking, and I like skiing, so whatever sport kind of take me out of bodyboarding for a little bit, but I can keep, like, exercising myself so, don't, so I don't lose my physique. So, yeah, that's kind of, I, I don't, like, train specifically one thing out, just, like, kind of super specific moves for bodyboarding, and, and yeah, mind, and just... I have to have my body in 100% of the time, so I just kind of try to spend the more hours in the water. And my diet is like 95% vegetarian, but I kind of, if I really want to eat something, I just eat it. I taste it, but if I, if I one time or on the mouse or whatever, I want to eat meat or whatever I want to eat, I just eat it. If I feel it, I do it. So it's kind of, Kind of that, just try to healthy, a lot of raw veggies to get the most energy from the plants. And then, yeah, a lot of water and a lot of good sleep also to recover my muscles and my body. What is the most challenging thing about being a professional athlete? I think it's that you spend a lot of time alone. Like you have to travel a lot and competition when when I go to a competition I kind of commit myself 100% and that's 
hard because it's like you know the competition you don't have friends you don't have like anything so in the mental part it's kind of hard because you have to be kind of uh to be alone and you have to take all the time and the energy for you for make your you know your your goals so that part is is difficult because like i cannot have too much social life that i think that's the most hard like being alone and the frustration we when you have a bad day or whatever that's that's kind of the more worse do you find that now that you kind of have a team behind you that that's better i would imagine maybe yes. it's a little bit better totally it's totally much better because you know like someone is like backing you up and and if I need to like talk with someone, I have like a this uh, sports psychology person, and it's yeah, it's like a, I feel like a lot of support behind, so that helps a lot. That's awesome. Did you study at all, or have you just did you just go right into professional sports? No, I studied because as this thing was not a professional career. I went to university, and I'm a landscape architect. Oh, wow. I was like, okay, I'm going to have my degree in the university and then I'm going to go all for, you know, bodyboarding. But with that in my hand. So it's kind of, I feel pretty safe because I know if he, one doesn't work, then other is going to work. I kind of did that before I become professional bodyboarder. That's awesome. Landscape architect. That's so cool. How did it's you... beautiful. I love it. I bet. I bet. I mean, it makes sense. It's nature again. <laughs> you yeah. like being in nature, yeah. so... yeah. It makes great sense. Do you think about what you want to do when your career might end, maybe? Or do you just kind of try to focus on the moment? What is your philosophy um, for that? Now I'm living every day and making every day, pushing myself to uh, in my professional career. But also I'm, I'm watching what I want to do after, after my career. So I want... I'm going to keep competing for a couple more years. Uh, I want to be world champion. So after that, when I when I do that, I want to I want to do things for my country. I want to like make bodyboarding uh, a tool for for society and for culture in Chile so we can, you know, like give little kids and give family a tool for, you know, for society for for the kids in social risk go you know like see all these free resources that is the ocean and they can use it you know for good for being better and i want to do that in chile so and i also want to combine that with uh, all the ecology and the protection and the conservation of the oceans so i i kind of want to go that way after i i retire of competition Makes great sense. And it seems like there's a huge focus in Chile on protecting the environment. My husband and I actually, uh, we had a layover in Chile. You have to stop there and everybody gets off the plane. Yeah. They take everything off the plane and there's um, tons of announcements about things that are banned and you can get a huge fine for that. And yeah. um, I, I thought that was really awesome. They make you watch a video on the plane about why you're doing this so they're not just doing it they're also educating people i just think that's really great yeah yeah they chile has a really they they worry a lot about protection about uh 
things coming in the country because we are like kind of small. We're like on this little island. We have the Andes Mountain in one side. We have the Pacific uh, Ocean on another side. We have the Antarctic in the bottom, and we have the desert up in the north. So it's like kind of we're like natural, naturally protected. So they want to keep that, you know. So it's really cool, and I think the government is is realizing that. A lot of people is coming to Chile for the tourism, for the adventure tourism and ecotourism. So they kind of start protecting a lot of the ocean. They make a lot of farmers and also a lot of places of conservation for native forests. So that's pretty cool. All these like creations of new national parks and all that is it's really good because it's like our economics depend on that also. So that's really smart. I'm I'm happy government is like taking care about it. Yeah, it's it's very uh it's very cool to see. I didn't really know very much about Chile, to be honest, until we had that stopover there and it was really cool. The airport's also really nice. It's right in the mountain. Huh. Yes. <laughs> You're like, did you see the, the Andes mountain with the snow? Um, I think it's in Santiago was where we were. Our, our yeah, 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 yeah. And so as you're landing, you're coming down, and the airport is like at the bottom, and you look out the window of your plane, and there's mountains everywhere. It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. See Santiago. What are some things, just while we're on the topic of Chile, that you can share about Chile that people might not know? Well, Chile is a beautiful, long, thin country, and we have a lot of wild nature. So landscape, uh, it goes super different from the north to the south. We have really dry deserts. We have really... Um, rich valleys for fruits and wine and and in the south is just incredible landscape in Patagonia. I think it's the most cool thing about Chile is that we have one of the most pure waters and pure air in the world. So that's kind of one of the things I think is really cool about us that we can we we have like all this water that is super clean and fresh so that's that's one big thing i guess it's awesome what is the weirdest wave that you have ever surfed so that was in nazare in portugal nazare is a place that has is getting super famous because they have like these big waves and everyone is kind of go there and surfing and it's like um so in the bottom of the ocean near this place is like a is deep super deep cha- like canyon. Mm-hmm. So all the water that came from the swells they kind of stuck in this canyon and makes like a super weird shape of wave that is like it's just like a mountain. So it's pretty insane if you guys can watch it in YouTube or whatever Nazare waves in Portugal it's pretty insane. But I think that's the weirdest way I have ever, like, served in my life. And what was your biggest oh shit moment while bodyboarding? I think, um, I think it was kind of the first time I came to Hawaii and the first time I served pipeline because I was, I was just watching 
for years and years videos and reading about this wave and watching all this magazine and when I got here and I saw it for the first time and I surfed it for the first time it was like just you know like taking myself actually to a movie so I feel like a movie for a couple for a couple of months first time I, I I was in the ocean and another one could be in Puerto Escondido in Mexico uh, one time that was like the most big film in 2011 and I saw the most biggest waves I have seen in my life and that was it was out in the water was like just professional big wave surfers it was like maybe 10 guys it was just me and another girl and that was like super like a spiritual moment because in that conditions everyone knows that you can die in any moment it's like it's like you're scared but also you're like you are super conscious about now about like this whole like almost you can see god in the waves coming it's like super spiritual amazing like uh significant symbolic uh thing that you live and experience so i think that that's that beautiful ones that's awesome and what is next for you okay so i'm here in hawaii now i'm in my pre-season for the world women's tour of bodyboarding that starts may so i'm gonna do all the world tour this year i am top eight right now so yeah i'm gonna follow the tour i'm gonna go to brazil chile south africa and portugal so yeah i have uh, my goal this year for do good in the world tour hope uh i'm hoping yeah, between the five best in the ranking and also i'm doing my first coaching bodyboarding adventure trip in mexico in may from oh, the 13th awesome. of may until the 18th of may yeah that's really cool you guys can check it out uh i can give you my instagram on the page where we're selling the trip and it's gonna be pretty awesome because it's a coaching trip just for girls for bodyboarding girls of any level of any language of any age so it's going to be like just 10 spots and we're going to go all to, you know, like nice uh, um, hotel in Mexico and we're going to do like everyday coaching, every day do like some like touristic, ecotourism adventure with me and it's going to be super fun. Two things I'm doing this year. So that's it. That sounds incredible. Well, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. This was so awesome. I feel like I learned a lot this episode. Well, that's that's good. Like we, that's our mission is like educate people. So thanks, thanks to you a lot. Thanks for having me here and share with everyone about my passion and my sport. Yeah, it was so nice to talk to you. I mean, you guys are doing an amazing job, man. Like, yeah, thanks for sharing and promoting, you know, girls and, and sports and everything. It's pretty cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we're we're having a lot of fun with it, that's for sure. Meeting a lot of people and uh, learning a lot along the way. So, um, yeah, but uh, we'll be in touch soon. I will send you all this info. And Okay, sounds perfect. Awesome. Enjoy thank you so day. much. You yeah. too. Bye. Have a good one. Bye. 
And that was episode 33. I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. I will link all of the information for Valentina in the description. She also has a really cool retreat coming up in May. It is for women to learn all aspects of bodyboarding, whether you are a beginner or an advanced bodyboarder. This sounds like a really great opportunity, so I will put all of that information in the description. And of course, if you want to reach out to us, send us an email, shoot us on Facebook, Instagram, everything is Weird Waves Podcast. Let us know what you're liking, what you're not liking. Of course, we appreciate all the feedback and all the listens. And of course, we will see you next Monday again with another fresh episode. Have a great week, guys.